This is talking about the two ways. You'll see two ways of wisdom and Carl's going to expound on that for us. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. My son, if faithful men, sinful men, sorry, entice you, do not give in to them. If they say, come along with us, let's lie in wait for innocent blood, let's ambush some harmless soul, let's swallow them alive like the grave and whole like those who go down to the pit, we will get all sorts of valuable things and fill our houses with plunder. Come, uh, cast your lots with us, we will all share the loot. My son, do not go along with them. Do not set foot on their paths. For their feet rush into evil, and they are swift to shed blood. How useless to spread a net where every bird can see it. These men lie in wait for their own blood. They ambush only themselves. Such are the paths of all who go after ill-gotten gain. It takes away the life of those who get it. Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Repent at my rebuke. Then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teachings. But since you refuse to listen when I call, and no one pays attention when I stretch out my hand, since you disregard all my advice and do not accept my rebuke, I in turn will laugh when disaster strikes you. I will mock when calamity overtakes you. When calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, when distress and trouble overwhelm you. Then they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but will not find me, since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord. Since they would not accept my advice and spurn my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. 
for wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men, from men whose words are perverse, who have left the straight paths to walk in dark ways, who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in the perverseness of evil, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. Wisdom will save you also from the adulterous woman, from the wayward woman with her seductive words, who has left the partner of her youth and ignored the covenant she made before God. Surely her house leads down to death and her paths to the spirits of the dead. None who go to her return or attain the paths of life. Thus you will walk in the ways of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will live in the land and the blameless will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the unfaithful will be torn from it. Amen. Thanks, Carl. Let's, <clears throat> let's pray. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you that uh, you're the God of all wisdom. Uh, and we, Lord, we pray that uh, you would help us this morning as uh, we seek to be wise, uh, as we seek to know what it means to walk on the path of wisdom. Lord, we pray that you'd open the eyes of our hearts by your Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us through my words, through these words of yours written down, uh, that you would open our eyes and that you would soften our hearts so that we might receive your words, uh, believe them, uh, and put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask it for his name's sake. Amen. Uh, last year I, I went on a walk with uh, some friends of mine, we went down to the east coast, we, we climbed up Mount Amos and uh, it's a lovely walk, I don't know if you've ever done it, you get a wonderful view down over Wineglass Bay but on the way back we kind of all kind of scattered apart and we got, got separated from each other and I ended up walking on my own and all of a sudden I looked up and I thought, where on earth am I? actually. Nothing around me uh, looked all that interesting and if the, the walk up and down Mount, Mount Amos is not like some of the other walks in Tasmania where there's a footpath that you clearly follow. There's, every now and again there's some little white markers strewn around the place and I was looking around that I couldn't see anything and I thought, where, where am I? Am I ever going to make it back to the car park? <laughs> and where is everybody else uh, for, that, for that matter? Uh, I was worried that I was, I'd, I'd taken a wrong turn, that I was on the wrong path and I wouldn't end up at the right destination. Uh, and in many ways, uh, life is a lot like that. Uh, we need to make sure that we're on the right path, that we're heading in the right direction, so that we can end up at the right destination. And Solomon is talking about that a lot in the book of Proverbs. He wants us to make sure that we're on the right path of life, that we're on the path of wisdom, that we're travelling in the right direction, so that the place that we end up at is the place that we mean to go. And so in uh, the, the sermon this morning, we're looking at this idea of two ways to live. Last week, we looked at, uh, we began to look at Proverbs and we, we looked at what wisdom is. This morning, uh, we're thinking about what it means to uh, seek to grow in wisdom. 
Well, Solomon begins, actually, by talking not so much about paths, but voices. He urges us to listen to the right voice, to the voice of wisdom, rather than to the voice of folly. He begins with this plea uh, that Steve just read for us in in, uh, chapter 1, verse 10. My son, if sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. If they say, come along with us, let's lie and wait for innocent blood, let's ambush some harmless soul. Solomon says, if they invite you to go along with them, then don't go. Don't go with them. Instead, he says, don't listen to them. Instead, listen to me. Verse 8, listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. So Solomon says, listen to me, don't listen to them. And then that call for people to listen to, for his son to listen to him and not to uh, the foolish people, that's generalized into a call to listen to wisdom and not to listen to folly. So in Proverbs, uh, wisdom and folly are kind of personified as two women who are calling out to people to listen to what they have to offer. So in verse 20, we read, out, of, out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. That Wisdom is this woman who's, who's calling out for people to listen to her. You find the same thing again later on in chapter 8. But there you find folly, foolishness calling out as well. So chapter 9, verse 13. Folly is an unruly woman. She's simple, knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest point of the city, calling out to those who pass by, who go straight on their way, let all who are simple come to my house. She's saying, don't listen to wisdom. Come to my house. Listen to me. At the heart of Proverbs is this idea that there's a contest of voices competing for our attention. There's a competition between the voice of wisdom and the voice of folly, and we have to decide who we're going to listen to. Who will we listen to? To the voice of wisdom or to the voice of folly? And lest we think that wisdom and folly are just kind of abstract ideas that float around in the ether or float around in our brains... Proverbs wants us to know that these women, that these, the voices of these two women are manifest in the voices of the people around us. So here at the beginning of chapter 2, Solomon invites us to listen to him. Wisdom is speaking through him. And he urges us not to listen to the voice of the fools. Folly is speaking through them. And Proverbs is filled with instructions like that. So, Proverbs 17, verse 4. A wicked person listens to deceitful lips. A liar pays attention to a destructive tongue. They're listening to foolish people around them. Or Proverbs 12, verse 15. The way of a fool seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. So the question for us is, as we think about what it means to be wise, the question for us is, who are we listening to? Who are you listening to? 
Here's a helpful little experiment, I think, that can help you maybe uncover who it is that you're listening to. So think of a big decision that you recently made. Just think, just try and think of something that you recently had to decide. Now think about who you listened to when you tried to make that decision. So whose advice did you seek? Uh, Whose advice did you take into account? So were the people that you listened to, were they generally speaking people who make wise decisions? Were they the kind of people that uh, generally in the decisions that they make seek to honour God? Or were they the kind of people who tend to make foolish choices? Uh, Were they the kind of people who time and time again find themselves in difficult situations because of hasty or ill-conceived ideas? Were they the kind of people who don't really listen to others but always think that they're right? And more importantly, in making that decision, where was God's wisdom? So how did you listen to that or did you listen to that? Did you pray about that decision? Did you seek to uncover wisdom in the Bible? Or did you only listen to the people who were around you? So are you listening to wisdom or to folly? It's helpful, I think, to think about the decisions that you have already made and think about who you've listened to. And then the decisions that you make this week to think about, well, who am I listening to here? What are the competing voices that are kind of vying for my attention? Solomon says, don't listen to fools, listen to the wisdom of God. And please notice too that wisdom involves not simply not listening to fools, but positively listening to wisdom. So I think one of the traps that we can fall into is, to not listen, we can sort of easily not listen to wisdom, but that's actually because we're not listening to anyone else at all. So notice Proverbs 12, 15, the way of a fool seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. The fool doesn't listen to anyone, (laughs) sometimes as well. They listen to the advice of, of those around them. If we're not listening to the wisdom of God and to the wisdom of the wise people God has put around us, then... We're fools as well. But the good news is uh, that if you've been listening to folly, if you've been listening to foolishness, you don't have to stay listening to folly and foolishness. Solomon invites us, in fact, to change course. He invites us to stop listening to folly and to start listening to wisdom. He says in chapter 2, verse 1, My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, if you look for it as if for silver and search for it as if for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Solomon urges us to stop listening to folly, if that's who we've been listening to, and to begin listening to wisdom. We don't have to keep listening to the same voice that we were listening to. We can begin pursuing the wisdom of God. In fact, he says we should call out for that wisdom. 
James writes something similar in the New Testament. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God for it, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Ultimately, wisdom comes from God, and the voice that we need to listen to uh, is God's voice. We need God to teach us his wisdom through the Holy Spirit. We need his Spirit to open up our eyes so that we can see God for who he is, so that we can see ourselves for who we are, so that we can uh, see his world as it really is. And we can't, of course, expect to receive that Spirit-given wisdom if we haven't been reconciled in our relationship with God through the death and the resurrection of Jesus. But if we have been reconciled to God through the death and resurrection of Jesus, then the spirit of wisdom is available to all those who call to God for it. He gives us his wisdom through his spirit as a father gives good gifts to his children. If we ask for wisdom and if we pay attention to the voice of God... If we pay attention to the voice of God speaking to us in his scriptures, and if we pay attention to the wisdom of the wise people that God has put around us, then more and more we'll become wise people who make wise decisions. So there's these two voices that we can listen to, wisdom and folly. But Solomon also wants us to know that those two voices lead us along two different paths. So this idea of a path is uh, scattered throughout the book of Proverbs and it's scattered, in fact, uh, through these first two chapters that we read. So chapter 1, verse 15. My son, do not go along with them. Do not set foot on their paths. Or chapter 1, verse 31. They will eat the fruit of their ways. Chapter 2, verse 8. God protects the way of his faithful ones. 2 verse 12, wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men. 2 verse 13 speaks of those who have left the straight paths to walk in dark ways. In chapter 4, we find more kind of insight from Solomon about those two different paths. He says in verse 10, don't set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it. Don't travel on it. Turn from it. And go on your way. And then in chapter 4, verse 18, the path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter to the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They don't know what makes them stumble. Proverbs invites us not just to make wise decisions and to listen to the voice of God's wisdom. It invites us to walk on a good path and to go in a good way. In other words, wisdom and folly are roads that we travel more than just or rather than just decisions that we make. Wisdom and folly are roads that we travel rather than just decisions that we make. What does that mean? Well, the thing about a path is that it takes you somewhere, right? You travel along it. So maybe we think, uh, you might think, uh, of your, all the decisions that you make as completely independent of one another. So you make a decision here, uh, and then you make a decision there, and, and, and they're sort of all more or less disconnected from each other. You know, you look at this decision on the basis 
of, of its merits and you make a decision then you look at this one on the basis of its merits and, and they're not connected at all. But Proverbs says, actually, life is not like that. The decisions that we make take us down a path. So you start off here and you make a decision and that takes you somewhere. And then from that point, you make another decision and that takes you somewhere again. And it keeps taking you somewhere. The decision and the decisions that you make at this point are shaped by the decisions that you've already made. The decisions that we make in life are not made in a vacuum, but they're shaped by our path of life. And the path of life that we're travelling on is shaped by the decisions that we make. So take this warning from Proverbs chapter 7 about adultery. Do not let your heart turn to her ways or stray into her paths. The warning is that if you step onto the path of the, of the adulteress, you'll end up in adultery. You have to understand that nobody, almost nobody wakes up one morning and decides, today I'm going to commit adultery. Instead what happens is they start down a path very slowly. They start down a path maybe with dissatisfaction. And that dissatisfaction builds and grows and they choose to keep living in that space. They travel down a path of little compromises. And little compromises become bigger and bigger compromises. A bit more permission today for something than yesterday. A new friendship becomes a deepening friendship and then a risky friendship. And finally, at the end of that path is adultery. Or take, for example, another uh, uh, issue. The, the, the terrorist uh, shooter in New Zealand last week he did not wake up on Friday morning and decide to be a violent terrorist. He'd been walking down that path for years. A path among online trolls and extremist memes and extremist chat groups. He didn't become that man in a moment, but he began down a path and as he made more and more decisions that took him down that path, that path formed him into the person that he was last Friday. So too, when people talk about drug abuse, they often talk about gateway drugs. What they mean by that is using one drug, even a soft drug like alcohol, beginning to abuse that can lead to abusing other drugs. Abusing Prescription medication can lead to a path of abusing other drugs. In the same way, people uh, don't just wake up one morning and decide that they're going to abandon their Christian faith, that they're going to abandon the gospel, that they're going to leave Jesus behind. But they begin down a path that takes them there slowly. 
They make little decisions to ignore God. They choose to go with this rather than God today. And more and more they begin to do that every day. They stew on their own dissatisfaction with God and they choose to live in that place. They stop calling out to God. They stop reading the Bible. They stop listening to God. They stop meeting with God's people. And finally, one day, God is irrelevant to their life or they hate God or they have no interest in God. They never set out to abandon God, but they went down a path that slowly took them to that place. Foolish decisions are not made in a vacuum. They're made out of the character and the disposition that we form over years. The saying goes, you might have heard it before, sow a thought and reap a deed, sow a deed and reap a habit, sow a habit and reap a character, sow a character and reap a destiny. That is what Proverbs means when it talks about the path. But what's true of folly is also true of wisdom. So Proverbs 9 verse 6 says this, Leave your simple ways and you will live. Walk in the way of insight. Just like walking down the path of foolishness leads to more and more foolishness, hopping off the path of foolishness and walking along the path of wisdom leads to to more and more wisdom. Last week at 4pm, someone said, made the comment, they said, it seems like fools only ever get more foolish and wise people only ever seem to get more wise. And that's true. If we walk on the path of wisdom, we can become more and more wise. If you want to make a wise decision about how to speak to people uh, tomorrow or in the years ahead, you need to make wise decisions today about how you speak to people. If you want to make a wise decision tomorrow about how you use your money, then you need to make wise decisions today about how you use your money. And it's even more complicated than that, I think. So a wise decision today about how you use your money can affect a decision tomorrow about what job you take or what house you buy, or where you live. So seeking wisdom in one area of life has payoff for being wise in other areas of life as well, because we become, our character becomes shaped by wisdom. If you step onto the path of wisdom, you'll grow in making wise decisions. Where you walk is important. And in fact, Jesus says that, doesn't he, uh, in the gospel, he describes life as a choice between two different paths, between two different ways. Jesus says that there's a wide and easy way that leads to destruction and there's a narrow and difficult way that leads to life. The way of wisdom, Jesus says, is ultimately the way of following him, of entrusting ourselves to him, of listening to his wisdom. Jesus describes himself as the way. Jesus like Solomon, invites us not just to make a one-off decision uh, about being wise or unwise, but he invites us to get on a better path, a path of learning his wisdom, 
uh, by following him. So we don't make one wise decision to follow Jesus and then not worry about it anymore, but we make one big wise decision to follow Jesus, to hop on his path, and then we live a life of making more and more wise decisions. Every day is a day of making a wise decision that puts Jesus first. Every day is a day of making a decision that reflects God's wisdom. And every day is a day that takes us further along that road of being more and more wise like Jesus. So there are two voices that we can listen to, to wisdom and folly. There are two paths that we can be on, the path of wisdom, the path of folly. But finally, those different paths and those different voices lead to two different destinies. In the first place, Solomon tells us what happens to those who listen uh, to fools and who walk on the path of fools. He says in verse 15, My son, don't go along with them. Don't set your foot on their paths. For their feet rush into evil. They are swift to shed blood. How useless to spread a net where every bird can see it. These men lie in wait for their own blood. They ambush only themselves. Such are the paths of all who go after ill-gotten gain. It takes away the life of those who get it. Foolishness, according to Solomon, is like spreading a net where the birds can see it. It's really stupid. The birds aren't dumb enough to fall into it. And in fact, what happens is that the person themselves gets, ends up getting caught in their own net. They don't catch anything except themselves. And all their folly ends up falling on, them, on their own head. It's like lying in wait, Solomon says, to ambush yourself. You know, you jump out of the bush with, 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 uh, with the hammer about to attack someone and you end up hitting yourself in the, hammer, that, in the head with the hammer. That's what... Uh, Solomon says, folly is like, their schemes fall on their own heads. It takes away their own life. They think they're getting more life by this foolishness. That's their ambition. But in the end, all they get is death. And this disaster, according to chapter 2, comes suddenly. It comes like a storm. It comes like a whirlwind that kind of whips up out of nowhere and just destroys everything. It's a bit like, I think, a dam that suddenly bursts its banks. So all the foolish decisions of life kind of build up behind the dam wall. You know, one, one foolish decision doesn't end in calamity. But what happens is all those foolish decisions made over a lifetime kind of get stored up behind the dam wall and then one day... The dam bursts and it destroys everything in its path. So spending money unwisely once doesn't bring disaster usually. But over the years, spending money unwisely can lead you to being in a difficult situation. Lots of little debts add up to a big debt. Similarly, one Hasty or thoughtless remark to a spouse or a child or a friend probably won't end in disaster. It won't end the relationship. But rude and discouraging comments made again and again and again over years 
probably will end in disaster. You know, and the last comment that ruins everything is probably no worse than any of the comments that went before it. But it's just that there's this mass of folly that's been stored up in the dam that's waiting to burst. That's true in an ultimate sense too. So if you're living a life that follows foolishness rather than following Jesus, then you're storing up, the Bible says, wrath for the day of judgment. You're storing up behind the wall of the dam this great mass of condemnation and one day the wall will break, the dam will break because Jesus will return and you'll have to face Jesus and give an account of your life. You'll have to say, explain to Jesus, the king of all the earth, you'll have to explain why it is that you chose folly, listening to folly over listening to him. The ultimate outcome of that folly, according to the Bible, is judgment. The dam will burst and the calamity of God's judgment will sweep down upon those who have not listened to the Lord Jesus Christ. But how different that destiny is from the destiny of those who listen to the voice of wisdom. In contrast to the calamity that comes from listening to folly, listening to God's wisdom brings life. Solomon says that listening to wisdom brings safety. It brings protection by God's hand. God shields the wise. He grants them success. He protects their ways. God's wisdom protects us from the ways of the wicked, from the allure of sin. So to wisdom brings pleasure and joy to your life and to your heart. Wisdom leads to a good life, to a fruitful life, to an enjoyable life, to a life lived under the care and the protection of God. And you can see that, I think, when you look around, when uh, you look around at those who follow Jesus and who live according to his wisdom. It's true. It's true. God protects them. God's God's shield uh, protects them. God uh, brings joy and and, and uh, life. Uh, into their life. God, uh, their lives seem to be underwritten by this deep and this lasting joy uh, and contentment in God. That doesn't mean that there are no hard times for people who live according to wisdom. It doesn't mean that there's no difficulties, that there's no sorrows, that there's no sadnesses. But there is this protection and grace and mercy of God which underwrites their lives. That's because they're living in a relationship with the God who made us. They're living according to the pattern and purpose of God's world. They're living according to the manufacturer's instructions. It's a wise way to live. It's a satisfying way to live. And that joy... And that contentment is for now. Living wisely brings contentment and joy now. It brings a good life now. But of course it also brings a good life in an ultimate sense too. 
those who embrace God's wisdom in Jesus, who find their home and their hope and their reconciliation with God in him, those who continue to follow Jesus and, and who seek earnestly, albeit imperfectly, to, uh, to obey everything that he commands, those people will ultimately receive God's eternal kindness in Jesus. They'll be protected from the great calamity by the blood of Jesus. They'll be protected even from the calamity of their, ultimately, of their foolish decisions. And they'll inherit that new world that God has in store for those who entrust themselves to him. Well, we live in a world of competing voices, struggling to be heard, struggling to gain our attention, struggling to shape our decisions. We live in a world of competing voices, God's wisdom and human folly. And we need to decide who it is that we're going to listen to. And we need to work out which path it is that we'll walk on. And we'll need to determine which destiny it is that we want to receive. God invites us to listen to his voice. And if we've been walking along the path of folly and listening to the voice of folly and heading to the destiny of calamity, God invites us to stop walking down that path, stop listening to that voice, stop heading toward that destiny and to begin listening to the voice of God's wisdom in Jesus Christ and to walk on the way that is him and head toward the destiny which is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's pray. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that uh, although we live in a world where folly speaks to us and calls out for our attention, that you also speak. That you speak words of wisdom and truth. That you speak words not merely from a distance, but even through your own Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And thank you, Lord, that the words that you speak are not just true words and wise words and good words, but powerful words. Words of promise and hope and forgiveness and mercy. Lord, we want to acknowledge that uh, we often don't make wise decisions. And Lord, we often make foolish decisions. And we begin to head down that path of folly. Lord, forgive us for that. And help us to listen again afresh to the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to listen to the voice of Solomon as he urges us to be wise. And Lord, if there are any here who are well and truly down that path of folly, who are heading toward destruction and calamity, Lord, we ask that you would open their hearts, give them a willingness to acknowledge where they are and give them the eyes to see 
and the conviction to move from the path of folly to the path of wisdom. To move from the wide and the easy way that leads to destruction to the narrow and difficult way that leads to life through Jesus Christ. We ask it in his name. Amen.